absolute power corrupts absolutely. Everyone and welcome once again. I'm back. Yes, I'm back. I am JT, AK the Master. And uh, if you're listening to me, you know this is the Master Plan. The number to call in is three four seven six three seven three two two zero. I'll say that again. Three four seven six three seven three two two zero. It's the place to be if you want to talk. To JT, the master, and that, you know, is me. Got a great show in store for you today, this morning. You know we talk sports talk on here. Um, we talk politics. We talk social issues on here. Today, it may, may be a mixture of all three. I got so much that I want to get off my chest. and so much that has happened within the last 12 hours. Within the last 12 hours, it's been a lot that happened. And within the next 24, 36, 48 hours, it's going to be a lot happening in the world of the NFL. I'm going to be here for one hour, and we're going to try to get as much as we possibly can into that one hour to talk about. Where do I start? Well, as you are listening to the dramatics, and one of their songs, if you don't know who the Dramatics are, YouTube them. They have a vast array of good songs back in the late 70s, early 70s, late 70s, very popular group. And this is apropos of my program. What you see is what you get, okay? In this case, is what you hear is what you get. Like I said, we got a great show in store. I'm going to hear a little bit more of the dramatics, and we'll be right back. people. There, like I said, there's been a lot of things happening in sports today. Uh, excuse me. Quite nasty today also, but if you've been paying attention to, within the last 12 hours, there's been a lot of uh, big news and surprising news. I'll say that. Surprising news that come out of the world of sports um, and in different Different sports. Okay. Let's go this route first because I'll I'll start from about 12 hours ago, give or take, okay, an hour or two. Doesn't make a difference. It happened Um, yesterday, last night. Uh, For those who are into UFC, UFC 196 took place 
with a co-feature of Holly Holm defending her title against uh, Misha Tate. And um, Colin McGregor defending his uh, title uh, and, and against Nate Diaz. And if you don't know who Colin McGregor is, he's a – let me put it this way. He's got the mouth of a Floyd Mayweather, but he doesn't have the record to back it up. I'll put it that way. He's got the mouth of a Floyd Mayweather, but he's in UFC. He doesn't have to back uh, the 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 record to back it up. Uh, Colin McGregor went up against Nate Diaz, talked a lot of junk, said he was going to knock Mr. Diaz the f out. He was going to knock him out. wasn't He wasn't going to even be close. <clears throat> Quite naturally, for those who watch who watch it and, and pay attention to UFC, uh, with the press conference before, I think it was on a Friday or a Thursday night, whatever it was. Um, they almost got into a, um, a battle right there. They almost got into a fight right there. They had to be separated quite naturally. And that's, you know, that's pre-fight hype. That always happens. They get into the ring, and uh, uh, a very competitive fight, very competitive fight. Mr. Diaz was r- r- bloodied up but hung in there because he's been known to have a heck of a chin, and he had it in this one. And uh, uh, what happened was, in the round two, and this is a welterweight bout, that he made Colin McGregor submit, tap out, because of uh, a rear naked choke. And like I said, this was in round two. And this was the co-main event, quite naturally. Uh, and I'll tell you about who was on the other side of that co-main event, which was another stunning victory, but we'll get to that. So <clears throat> you have to think that everybody who, anybody who, who was going into this fight uh, thought that Colin McGregor was going to Mr. Diaz and uh, uh, retain his title and retain his belt, I should say. Didn't happen. McGregor was humble in defeat which was an oddity, but he got his butt kicked. He, he made him submit. You know, I don't know which is worse is if you have somebody tap out, t- submit that, that you got me. I, I can't go any further. Otherwise I'll, I'll risk getting harmed or um, getting knocked, knocked out. Either way, it's a defeat. It doesn't really make a difference how it's done. Either way you lose. But all the bravado, all the um, uh, smack talk, sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't pay to talk a lot of garbage if you know you can't back it up. Sometimes it pays to be a little humble because that makes it in the eyes of the media, maybe not in the eyes of you, but in the eyes of the media, especially when you're uh, as um, boisterous and as out there as someone like uh, Colin McGregor Worth was, that it doesn't pay because everybody, just like you see the media, even now, treat Floyd Mayweather. He got he, he, Colin McGregor got his cup up, and 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 a lot of people, 
you rub the wrong way, and uh, rooting exactly what happens, rooting for something like that to happen to you, to bring it supposedly, in quotation marks, down to earth. But I don't think Colin McGregor is going to change his way. That's that's who he is, and, and I don't blame him. That's who he is. That's how he made his brand stick out. And even though he's not the champ anymore, his next fight, I imagine he's going to have the same um, um, cocky attitude and bring it out in the way he that only Colin McGregor can bring it out. So hats off to Nate Diaz for um, winning and, and uh, picking up that belt and uh, uh, shutting up uh, Mr. Colin McGregor for whatever amount of time it it, it, it is. Because, you know, he's, that's who he is. So, he's, like I said, he's not going to stop um, talking that smack. Now, people may not listen to him because he's not the champ anymore. And he has to get his, his uh, uh, respect or – um, he has to come back in a big way to 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 you know to uh, get his reputation back, so to speak. Because you know, he's talking now, and he 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 doesn't have a he doesn't have a title to talk about. So you have to think that uh, after he recovers from this, he didn't get knocked out, which is fortunate. But I mean, he got knocked around, but he didn't get knocked out. So. I would think his recover time and his time to get back in the ring with another uh, bout fight is going to be that much shorter. But he's got to jump in there with somebody that's got some recognition in order to um, uh, uh, give him some credit for for jumping back in against a a decent opponent, not somebody that's a stiff that's more than likely most people think is going to be a rollover. So it is what it is. That was one part of the uh, co-main event. The other part, which was a surprise, because uh, um, the other part of that bout, uh, uh, main event in um, UFC 196, was uh, Holly Holm going up against Misha Tate, to uh, uh, and this was the, for the women's bantamweight UFC title, and just like Colin McGregor, it did, I wouldn't say just like, but the end result, which was surprising, another surprise that Holly Holm in the fifth round. Now, like I said, McGregor got. Submitted by a rear naked choke in the round two of uh, uh, his bout. Holly Holm lasted a little bit longer. Went into the fifth round. But basically the same type of uh, 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 submission. A rear naked choke. And Misha Tate captured the women's bantamweight title. Now... I can guarantee you because I'm looking at the headlines and one of the things that after Holly Holm got beat 
is you hear something from Ronda Rousey t- t- tells Dana White, who's who's the head man in um, UFC, time to get back to work. That so, I means Ronda Rousey, excuse me, Ronda Rousey tells Dana Dana White, time to get back to work. So quite naturally, Ronda Rousey, excuse me, Ronda Rousey sees an opportunity. Once she gets back to work and gets herself in fighting shape to retain or retake that bantamweight title, now that Holly Holm got beat, now she seems like she got a decent chance, not that she didn't before, versus Misha Tate, rather than going back up against Holly Holm, who family uh, beat the crap out of Ronda Rousey, uh, and for those who don't know, had contemplating suicide right after the fact. So, and I'm not um, um, downplaying that uh, mind mindset, but she beat her that bad that she brought her to thoughts right after that uh, fight. Um, in fact, in the ring, as she was laying there, trying to get herself back together again after she realized she had got defeated and there was no longer the um, women's bantamweight title holder that she was willing to take, she was contemplating taking her life. <clears throat> now she, like I said, she's an opening. She, and I, I I would think that she would definitely try to, <clears throat> excuse me, and now probably would be the next uh, UFC a fight, title fight for women's bandweight division between Misha Tape, Tate, I should say, and uh, um, Ronda Rousey. With, in my uh, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, ooh, would be uh, able to retain or retake, I should say, um, her title. Never to hopefully fight Holly Holm again. Um, but you never know. Um, she may want to cross that to get that past her. Um, it could have been an anomaly um, that uh, Holly Holm beat her. But the first time Holly Holm defends her title, she gets beat. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, it, was that a fluke? Uh, bad night for Ronda Rousey going up against Holly Holm. Um, style makes fights. Maybe Holly Holm has uh, Ronda Rousey's number. Uh, the only way you're going to find that out is those two, two meet, those two meet again in, in the um, ring. But uh, we'll have to see what uh, Rousey and Dana White of UFC have in store for her uh, in the in the near future. But I, me me thinks that uh, she wants to go after Misha Tate uh, and take her title back. Um, I just have to think that. Okay, now that was last night. That was last night. Like I said, that was last night. This morning, for those who don't know, breaking news, I found out about it Maybe uh, three hours ago, give or take. And it probably, it's probably all over the sports news right now. Well, those who don't know, 
the legend, the sheriff, the last winning Super Bowl quarterback. Now he has two, okay? Just like his brother. They have two. Peyton Manning on Monday will announce his retirement after 18 years on a, in a news conference on Monday at the Denver Broncos headquarters. People, Mr. Peyton Manning, for those who don't know, didn't, didn't listen to or, uh, uh, the NFL Network or, or the uh, ESPN and are just waking up. Because, you know, it's mid-morning. Some people get up mid-morning. And, and hopefully you listen to me. Peyton Manning is not going to be a member of the Denver Broncos come after the press conference on Monday. Now that's right on the on the day and hours before teams can start negotiating with free agents and um, getting free agents that they they that that they need to improve their teams and the Broncos being one of them because now they, before, before now, and Peyton Manning probably realized this, the Broncos were trying to retain the services of Brock Osweiler, a younger, quite naturally younger quarterback. He's only been in the league for four years, had a five and two record uh, out of the eight, uh, eight appearances, seven of those starts, uh, this past season, and they offered him a contract, from what I understand, forty-five million for three years. Uh, that's about uh, with incentives, which is about fifteen million dollars a year, give or take. It, it's fifteen dollars, fifteen million a year. But I mean, if you have incentives, then it, quite naturally it goes up. The handwriting was on the wall. Let me put it that way. Peyton Manning was due over $20 million this year. And uh, now, I think the Broncos only take a $2.5 million dead money cap hit if he retires. And the common talk around the NFL, and quite naturally a lot of people that pay attention to the NFL, that Peyton Manning, if he didn't decide to retire, was going to get released. Quite naturally, that release money would have been higher for the for the Broncos, and the cap. Now the 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 uh, huge cap uh, uh, relief that Peyton Manning gives the Broncos can be used for the Broncos um, to do what they may to keep retain players that they have uh, presently that aren't in the free agency. And uh, be able to try to acquire free agents themselves. So, the Peyton Manning, the ultimate professional, decided, you know, he probably didn't have a lot of suitors because he's a older quarterback with not too many more years left and uh, couldn't see any other scenario of going to a, a yet an another third team to try to blend into their offense with limited uh, or diminished skills, I should say. Thought it out, only informed the Denver Broncos late yesterday, last night, 
and it came out this morning, bro- broken by Chris Mortensen of ESPN, that he's going to retire. And I think this is the best move for him, for the fact is, he just won a Super Bowl. He, I should say, he was part of the team that won the Super Bowl. I put it that way. He did win the Super Bowl just like every other team, uh, every other member of that team. But he was not the main reason or the reason they won the Super Bowl. The defense, in reality, hence Von Miller was the Super Bowl MVP, helped win that Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was just a member of just a J-A-G, just a guy on the offense, happens to be the quarterback, happens to be a legend, first-time ballot Hall of Famer. You know that. When he's up, he's going into the Hall of Fame. No question, no two ways about it. There's no hemming and hawing. He's got a lot of records. He's, he's, he's played. He's won the most um, games. I think it's 186. He's tied with Brett Favre. Unfortunately, and the only reason I say this is unfortunately, um, he's got double-digit wins against various teams, and the most wins he has against a team happens to be my Texans in 17. So, I'm, so do I? Do I wish Peyton Manning well? You know I do. Do I wish him not to be able to? Quite naturally, you won't. Go against my Houston Texans again anymore? You know I am. You know I'm, I'm all for that. And uh, uh, the Denver Broncos, who didn't put the franchise tag on Brock Osweiler, thinking they could get him with a mid-level contract, are hoping that a team doesn't swoop in, a la the L.A. Rams the Houston Texans, or some other team that no one is thinking about. Jumps in with both feet and with cap space and offer Brock Osweiler a better deal. He's a free agent. Maybe the Broncos pick him up, uh, retain him, or they don't. Starting 12 o'clock, I, I stated this on um, the FSP cruise show. Clubs are permitted to contact, enter into contract negotiations with the certified agents of players who will become unrestricted free agents upon the expiration of their 2015 contracts, 4 p.m. New York time will March that. But there's a wiggle period starting the 7th where people – can start negotiating the agents. All right. You can't sign a contract until the ninth. You can't sign a contract until 4 PM New York time on March 9th, but negotiations can be taking place and, and basically um, handshake deals can be in place. And starting 12 noon on Monday. We'll see who the hottest free agents out there are. Brock Osweiler for teams that need quarterbacks would surely be one. You got Mario Williams, who's, who's in my opinion, probably 
is is a very hot commodity. Uh, you got uh, uh, running backs, Alfred Morris, who team may may want a, a one dimensional running back because he's not a he's not a um, real uh, uh, um, dual threat. You got Arian Foster coming from Achilles, but uh, excuse me, Achilles injury got released from the Texans. You got other players out there. And I know I'm leaving some about Janoris Jenkins from the uh, Rams, uh, uh, um, the big-time quarterback that is out there looking to get paid. And be it as it may, he's a big-time quarterback with length and speed uh, and ability. Uh, he's looking to get a uh, um, get to get paid. That's I can tell you that. So I'm thinking that come. Monday, 12 noon or 4 p.m. or whatever, 12 noon when it all starts, that uh, there's going to be a a frenzy. Because there's some good players out there. I've talked about it before in length. Talked about it before. Um, And you got Eric Weddle, um, older uh, safety that the Panthers may want to pick up. You got, like I said, I talked to you about it, Alfred Morris, um, Charles Johnson, the defensive end that got released, not released, but didn't, didn't, uh, is, is a free agent from the Panthers, the Super Bowl Pan- Panthers. Um, Doug Martin, a, a running back that, uh, um, was only second to Adrian Peterson in yardage last year. Um, like, and I also talked to you about, um, uh, Mario Williams. There's some players out there. Bruce Irvin, a lineman from the uh, Seahawks. Marvin Jones, probably the top wide receiver on the free agent market. Um, that is looking uh, a big-time wide receiver. Length, speed, can um, high point the ball. Uh, is a bona fide, um, can be a bona fide number one receiver, in my opinion. Um, there's going to be somebody going looking for him. Could be Cleveland. Uh, Hugh Jackson knows him well. Uh, was his offensive coordinator when they were both at Cincinnati. And I don't think Marvin Jones is going back to Cincinnati. Not the uh, way the um, uh, the Browns or the the Brown organization is. Uh, not the Browns, but um, Mike Brown, the president, GM, or whatever you want to call him of the um, uh, Cincinnati Bengals have a tendency to be a thrifty organization when it comes to playing pe- um, players uh, and, and uh, probably have uh, some backup of, of plan B to replace uh, Marvin Jones. But you have to think that this is going to be a very interesting period in reality, reality, I should say, and um, fantasy, because just think about this. Robert Griffin III, more than likely, in the next few days, is going to get released. Otherwise, his $16 million contract for the Redskins is going to be guaranteed. That's not going to happen. They're negotiating with Kurt Cousins. They already put the franchise tag on him, but they're going to try to negotiate Kirk Cousins, he's gonna, he wants more than $20 million a year. I think the going rate for a quarterback franchise is uh, about $20.5 million, something, something like that. Um, 
So they give them give them time to negotiate a long term contract versus paying Kirk Cousins twenty million dollars. But I think Kirk Cousins is looking for more than that a year. Robert Griffin III uh, looks like he may not be there. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is asking for a trade. Um, like I said, Brock Osweiler is out there. You come tomorrow. In my opinion, in the next coming days, can change the landscape for a lot of teams, and, 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 and those teams that are struggling to get respectability, and some teams that have respectability um, are losing key player. Will we lose key players? And it ha- what they do in free agency, whether they want to go in free agency and pick up replacements of the players that they lose, will determine what they do in the draft. There's, there's a lot of good defensive linemen and a lot of good linebackers, a lot of good uh, offensive linemen in, in this up-and-coming draft. Um, and, and, and I've always said this, and I'll keep on saying it, there's at least, in my opinion, first-round draft picks in the running back position. The last few, um, with the exception of the Patriots, but the last three to four um, Super Bowls, you need a running game um, and a defense. Seattle Seahawks won two year, three years ago on defense against the same Super Bowl champions that won this year with their defense. In between that was the, even though it was a defensive play, and he became the defensive, he became the MVP of the Super Bowl. I'm talking about um, uh, the DB, and his name escapes me right now, that um, intercepted a pass that Russell Wilson shouldn't have thrown, should have gave it to, Marshawn Lynch, and they, and more than likely the Seattle Seahawks would have been back-to-back champions in 2013 and 2014. But defense won that game. But the scenario for most teams, the, I should, the, the game plan, the blueprint for most teams nowadays, if you don't have a big-time quarterback, and there are few and far between a big-time uh, grade-A quarterbacks in the league, you shore up your defense and have a stout running game. Be physical at the point of attack. So that means if, you, if you're looking for that, you have to have a, for the most part, a, a, a stud running back, guy that can run in between the tackles, and it's even more beneficial to you. If you have dual threat running back, that means if you – that means you have a bell cow, one guy that you can rely on. Quite naturally, it's always good to have a change of pace guy to come in and spell the guy because he can't run every single down. You will wear him down, and you want your running back to wear down the defense, especially in the fourth quarter if you're ahead. So you have a change of pace guy. A lot of teams are going by running back com- by committee, but the problem with, with that is, most of these running back by committees, you have a guy that can run the ball in between the tackles every now and, now and then run, run around uh, outside the tackles. But the, the change of pace guy, 
most defenses know is the, is the type of guy that's going to catch the football that you're going to use in a passing game. So you, your offense becomes that much more predictable. So you're looking for a running back that can be a three-down back that you don't have to substitute um, all the time out because that running back has hands of stone and he can't catch the football. So there's two running backs and probably more, and I'll be going into that more um, as the we get closer and closer to um, the fantasy fantasy and real f- football season. Uh, dual threat court running backs, because I think there is a quite a few running backs in this class versus last year. And obviously last year, <clears throat> there wasn't that many running backs that stood out. I think this 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 class is is better um is more more uh has more of uh running backs that can be successful in the NFL than wide receivers. Slowest wide receiver class since 2011. Slowest wide receiver class in, since 2011. It looked like the excuse me the uh, wide receivers of last year out outshone the running backs of last year, but I think the running backs of this year are going to outshine the wide receivers of this year. Quite naturally, the talk is of Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry, uh, especially Ezekiel Elliott being a number one pick, um, Derrick Henry being a uh, round, a late round one pick or uh, early round two pick. But I think there's there's other um, players that are going to be surprising to so-called experts. Not to me, but surprising to so-called experts. I'm studying these guys now. Um, I'll be better equipped, like I say, uh, once they get drafted or not drafted, once they get drafted or get put on a team uh, to see uh, if that team's going to uh, give them a, give them an adequate chance and exploit their, their strengths and, and uh, um, trying to strengthen their weaknesses. And then as we get closer to the season, like I said, uh, be, be able to give you a better analysis of what I consider my strong suit is in, um, analyzing and, and giving you um, running backs that are going to surprise a lot of so-called experts, but not me. I've done, I've done that in the past and um, I've given you Jamal Charles. I've given you Arian Foster. I've given you Le'Veon Bell um, before they actually broke out. In fact, Trust me, when I gave you uh, Jamal Charles, a lot of people were saying who and, and what and what are you talking about. And I said the same thing about Arian Foster. And most of those who talked, to, who listened to me, benefited from more than one year. I guarantee it. Le'Veon Bell, not so much, um, but I, I did say that he was going to um, blow up, and he did blow up. So what you see is what you get, and I hopefully I can I can do the same for you um, 
this 2016 season. Last year was a off year, okay? Um, but I digging deep and plan to redeem myself and give you some gems that uh, a lot of people don't see on the radar. Um, but um, high risk, high reward is is is, is my mantra, and, and hopefully uh, it won't be that high a risk, and you'll be able to benefit it. All right, let's let's get back to uh, what we're talking about in the uh, uh, NFL. Like I said, free agency is right around the corner. Um, a little more than twelve hours, uh, twenty-four hours from now. A little more from twenty-four hours now, we'll be able to see uh, what what direction teams are going to. And then, once the free agency um, usually it's, it's it's a big frenzy in the beginning, and then it, it, it kind of peters out, and then you have um, a drips and drabs after that. Um, then you'll be able to get a better picture of all 32 teams, what direction they're going to go in going into the draft, what they're going to be really looking at um, to, to strengthen their weaknesses. And uh, I, we'll be real interested in, in, in following that. Another story that, that I thought was pretty um, crazy, and this is in college basketball, that uh, uh, LSU freshman Ben Simmons has not been certified by a school in order to be eligible for the Wooden Award. Uh, and the reason for that is academic-related reasons. And for, for what, I'm, what I'm reading is that he didn't meet all the requirements. He wasn't certified by the school to be on the ballot. And a LSU spokesman, Kent Lowe, confirmed to ESPN that Simmons did not have the necessary criteria to be eligible. And uh, um, by uh, um, a reporter after uh, LSU, excuse me, LSU lost to um, number two Kentucky on Saturday, and this is a quote for him. I don't know. I'm not too sure, but I believe I'm still the best player. So as long as I believe it, it doesn't really matter. So that that tells me right there that he's he's really blown it off. Uh, probably didn't go to class. Probably thought because he's who he is, uh, like a lot of young athletes, that he'll get he'll get um, pushed through. Doesn't have to put in the work to um, uh, um, to be able to be eligible academically so he can play um, um, on the court or barely academic, academically eligible. Um, it's, and I have another quote from him and, and, and it's amazing that these guys, in my opinion, don't get it. You, you 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 see these stories, and it's not like it's a secret. You see these stories all over sports, um, sports radio, all over sports television about athletes um, going by the wayside. They may have all the talent in the world, but talent doesn't get you grades in the 
Sometimes it does, but not legitimately. But talent doesn't get you um, what you need to be eligible to play in college basketball. It means you have to put the time in. I mean, you really have to put the time in into the classroom. And be and 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 uh, um, if you want to further your basketball career, and you you have to play at least two seasons, at least one season in basketball to be able to play in the NFL, be eligible to get to jump to the NFL. I mean, to the NBA. I'm sorry. And if you don't. There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to. You got to put a full year in. You can't. You just can't be BSing around for a year. And it, see, it looks like that this kid's been BSing around for a year. Another quote from him it says, "Mr. Wooden was a teacher, right? It's a part of it. That's their criteria. They talk about playing so much, then they they bring other stuff into it. It is what it is. I'm not phased by it. I just to win for my team. Excuse me. I just wanted to win for my team and see how far we could go." The guy is six foot ten. He averages about uh, twenty points a game, averages about twelve rebounds a game, and about uh, a little over five assists a game this season. Was benched for the start of the Tennessee game um, on February twentieth for an academic issue. He entered with um, fifteen thirty remaining. He had started all twenty six previous games and all started. Also started the last three since coming off the bench. He was on the list February 10th, which included 20 players. Um, The Wooden Award has several qualifications. Candidates must be full-time students in an accredited NCAA college or university. Consideration should be given to scholarship, uh, excuse me, scholastic achievement and aspirations. All candidates must have a cumulative 2.0 grade point average since enrolling in their current university. A 2.0, that's minimal. 2.0, come on, man. Are you serious? 2.0. Candidates must exhibit strength of character both on and off the court. Candidates should be those who contribute to the team effort. Candidates must excel in both offense and defense. Candidates must be considered on their performance over the course of the entire season, pre-conference, conference, conference, and tournament play. And and then he gives this asinine, excuse me, language, but he gives an asinine comment. Their award, Simmons said, I'm not too worried about it. I just want to win. I'm a team guy. I just want my team to do well. Now, are you serious? Come on, man. All you got to do is get a 2.0 um, in your classes. So that means you, you got benched. You were one of the best players, not one, if the best player in the country, or one of the best players in the country. And the reason you got benched was an academic issue. The reason that you're not eligible for this Wooden Award is an academical, academic eligibility issue. This is not the first time a player has been ineligible for the award. Syracuse coach 
Jim Bolt Beheim wrote in his recent book that Carmelo Anthony was from the Wooden Award in 2002-2003 because he had a 1.8 GPA in the first semester. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, name player. Guy with a lot to lose and more to gain than to lose, and you can't maintain your eligibility, and then you more or less dismiss it as no big deal. That they blown it off, I could care less. You only could care less because you know you did wrong, and now you're just trying to dis- dismiss it. You know you didn't do what you were supposed to do, and now you're trying to justify it, saying that's no big deal. When all you had to do was be able to get a 2.0. 2.0. Everything else that uh, uh, part of the qualifications it, it were um, looks like you would have met, but you can't. You wouldn't didn't put yourself in a position in your classes, whether you attended them or whether you just didn't participate enough to get a 2.0. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Staying on basketball, how about them Golden State Warriors? How about them Golden State Warriors? Golden State Warriors are team in basketball. Seems like they got better from last year to this year. They're playing uh, the Lakers this year. And, uh, uh, excuse me, this year, this week, this weekend, which is uh, Saturday, I mean Sunday, 55-5. and five. They got 60 games under their belt. Um, they need 20, 22 more. 22 more. For 82. Most of those games are home games. And... And uh, are um, very interesting. I'm going to take a short break, and then uh, we'll be back in a quick minute or two. Hang with me. I'll be right back as soon as I can. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts, Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. 
He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash B-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. All right, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. All right, people, like I said, uh, we were talking about the Golden State Warriors, 55 and 5. They played the Lakers in, in L.A., um, 3.30 last time. Kobe is going to be playing the um, Warriors this year and for his lifetime because Kobe, this is his last year. Um, and... Uh, And uh, I have to think that uh, they're going to come out with a win, especially against the Lakers, who are 12 and 51. They've only won 12 games. Um, but they can't take these opponents uh, 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 lightly for the simple fact is that uh, every game that the Golden State Warriors has been playing is a championship game to other teams. So they're going to get, try, they're going to get their best effort from every team that they play from here on. Um, every team that they play is trying to deter them from getting the best record ever in the NBA. And uh, 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 the next six games that they play uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, then they have uh, six, excuse me, that's seven, next seven games after the road trip, uh, to the Lakers, they have seven games that they play home against Orlando, Utah, Portland, I think, which is the last team that beat them, Phoenix, New Orleans, and uh, uh, home against the Knicks. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six games, home against the Knicks. Then they go on the road for two games, one of them being San Antonio on March 19th, back-to-back game. Uh, they play Dallas first in in Dallas. Then they go uh, and play San Antonio. That's so that's their Texas tour. Uh, then they come back home again, and they play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games at home. No. Then they come back and they play. One, two, three, four, five, uh, four games at home. Philadelphia 76ers, Washington Wizards, go back on the road again, play Utah. And I'm, I'm going with the rest, the rest of the season for them. All right. Uh, then they come back home and they play. Uh, so they have a. And then they uh, end the season. From the 1st of April to the April 13th, uh, they play home against Boston, home against Portland, home against Minnesota. They play San Antonio once again. Um, they uh, At Memphis, at the uh, Spurs, 
And then the end end the game, excuse me, end the season home against the Memphis Grizzlies. So they the last four games, three games, four games, I'm sorry, four games against um one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. Two against San Antonio, two against Memphis. They're looking to get seventy three and nine. Seventy three and nine breaks the record. Record is seventy two and ten, if I'm not mistaken. That was accomplished by the Chicago Bulls. They're trying to get seventy three wins to break the record, and they can't lose any more than four more games uh, out of the twenty two that they're going to play from now, uh, starting today, uh, until the end of the season, which ends in April thirteenth. Uh, some people say they they can do it. I'm probably one of them, um, but uh, that last four-game stretch is going to be extremely tough. Uh, if you add the Portland Trailblazers, like I said, they're one of the last teams to play them uh, and beat them. It, in fact, that was the last team that, to really trounce them and beat them. Uh, so they're going to play Portland. Uh, out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six games, they play Portland, San Antonio twice, Memphis Grizzlies twice. Not a, exactly a, a easy way to end the season, and very easily they could use, excuse me, they could lose uh, at least a couple of games, at least a couple of games. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, th- this should be a fairly easy game. Hopefully they don't take it lightly because the Lakers, I know they're not that good a team, but uh, anything is possible. And the unlikeliest uh, situation would be that the Los Angeles Lakers in L.A. would beat the Golden State Warriors and um, put a feather in Kobe Bryant's hat as the last time they played him to beat him and get him one step closer to not breaking that record. But I I do believe that where they play in their mindset, young team, uh, they have a tendency to rest their players because they're uh, for the most part, um, blowing not blowing teams, but getting comfortable leads, which would give an opportunity for uh, Steve Kerr to rest his um, um, big players, so they, they so that much more fresh uh, at coming down the stretch uh, of the season and going into the playoffs because every every quarter or half a quarter or whatever that you give uh, Steph Curry or Klay Thompson or Draymond Green, um, Harrison Barnes, um, Iguodala, uh, um, time off. They'll be that much, they'll be that much more um, useful. Maybe in the playoff game, because they, they're not, they're not taking a, a beating uh, for the whole game. They they're rested, and I'm thinking Steve Kerr, who's been there before, who's been on championship teams, who's seen a lot, knows what it takes to, to win a championship. Because he did it last year in his first year as a coach of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, this team, in my opinion, is better than they were last year. Uh, a lot of people said they they got real fortunate with the fluke of all the injuries that different teams 
that played against them in the playoffs and in the finals, the Cleveland, Cleveland uh, um, Cavaliers especially, that the uh, they weren't legit champs. Um, but 55 and five right now. now. Quite naturally, if they hit the record, they got to close it out by winning the championship again and shutting a lot of te- a lot of people's mouths, including the old heads. Um, I respect them, but I think they're wrong in, in assessing the ability of Steve uh, 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 Stephon Curry and uh, uh, and how he would have fared back in the day, so to speak. Best shooter I've ever seen. Best, by far, the best shooter I have ever seen. I've watched a lot of basketball for over 40 years. Um, and it's the best shooter I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And, and, and I happen to be a huge Jerry West fan. And Jerry West, I hate to say it like this, couldn't hold a candle to the uh, shooting ability of Stephon Curry and the range, especially the range that he has. It seems like his range is unlimited. All right, people. Come to the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed uh, uh, what I had to spew out today. Uh, I'll be talking to you on Thursday when the FSP Crew Show will be on at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday evening. We'll be talking about free agency. Quite naturally, it starts on the 7th, 12 noon on um Tomorrow, um, signings will take place uh, starting the 9th. We'll be on uh, on the uh, 10th and uh, 10th of March. Uh, like I said, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday evening. Me and uh, Jeff the Joker will be talking about uh, a lot of things that have been happening will, or will be happening in free agency and any other sports that um, um, headlines that – that come up quite that. And we'll also on 1 PM Eastern standard time Saturday will be the uh, FSP show. Gardner and I will be talking about fantasy baseball uh, positionings and uh, tune into that 1 PM Eastern standard time on a Saturday. And quite naturally, I will be back here again, 10 AM Eastern standard time. As always, I am JT, AKA the master. And you've been listening to the FSP, excuse me, FSP. You've been listening to the master plan. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, hope you get what you, uh, hopefully, hopefully get you, you get, excuse me, hopefully you get what you want. See ya.